Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Hugo, can you say Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe. And Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. (laughs) There you go, that is Hugo, who is... Two and a half. Oh, I love it. Huge. Do you want to hear his sister Zara, who's one and a half? Zara, can you say Josh Widdicombe? No. No? Okay, can you say Rob Beckett? No? Rob Beckett? No. Yeah. Third Hugo. Yeah, Hugo was better, but she's younger. Do you know what I mean? It's the all experience, isn't it? You know what I mean? Exactly. You've, got, you've got to put the effort in early doors. But, you know, it was a great effort. It was a great effort. And... They hail from Orpington. Oh, do that. Oh, she's brave. A Hugo in Orpington? Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> um, yes, uh, that is Sophie uh, Shay, uh, who is uh, from Orpington with her children, Hugo and Zara. I feel like she might have put Orpington in there because she knows I'm local, but maybe have moved somewhere. We hail from Orpington, not hail. too far from Robert, hail. I believe. Exactly. Hail she's a, doesn't she's... sound like you live in it, no, does it? No, she's moved. There's no way you can, with good grace, call a child Hugo in Orpington, I don't think. Yeah. But I think you should, and you should fight those stereotypes, but it might be a very difficult uh, first couple of years. But then everyone gets used to it, don't they? But I don't think they still live in Alpenton. I no. reckon she worked in London, met a guy working in London, and then they both got a job, you know, and thought, Joe, you know what, we can move out to the countryside a bit. We're only commuting in a few days a week. We live in Oxford now. Let's call our kid Hugo. Well, I tell you what, her email does have her LinkedIn as her footer, so I could do some research. Do it. Here, Click on the LinkedIn. Click on the LinkedIn. It's it's a it's a dead link. It's a dead link. Oh, actually, she's got a mobile number. We could. Uh... <laughs> it's a mobile up there. Yeah, you've got a mobile, her email, a LinkedIn, and her Facebook. I'll ring her. Are you going to give her a call? Uh, if you get me on her number, I'll ring her and find out where she still lives. The good news is, if it, if she doesn't live in Alpenton, you know, I was right. If she does still live in Alpenton, I'll see if she's around Christmas Eve to help me carry a trampolino. <laughs> Quite nervous. What's her name? Sophie. Sophie Shea, like John O'Shea. Oh. 
Oh, hello. Is that Sophie Shea? Speaking. Oh, hello. It's Rob Beckett from the Parenting Podcast. Oh my god! Hi. Hello. Oh, we've got. We just got your email, and then you've, yeah. you've left so many details about your life on that email. We managed to get your number. We had a quick question. Do you still live in Alpington? I do. Yeah. You do still live in Alpington. We were saying calling. You've called your child Hugo in Alpington. <laughs> that is brave. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry. What, what, uh, you, you're, you're from around here, though, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I am. I'm not too far. But J- Josh is here as well. Do you want to say hello, Josh? Yeah, uh, hello. Um, hello would Josh. you? Um, do you want to um, help Rob to... Uh, he's building a trampoline on Christmas Eve. Oh, he's quite quiet. He's quite quiet. Yeah. I'm building a trampoline oh, Christmas he's, Eve. He's so if you're local, um, could you help me carry it on? Are you slamming my internet? Unbelievable. <laughs> Anyway, Sophie, um, you said you hailed from Alpington. We didn't know if you moved because Hugo's a brave name in Alpington, but I'm sure it'll be fine, Sophie. You sound like a good mum. Thank you. Yeah. Thank anyway, you. well, thank you very much for emailing thank in. You. And you'll be able to listen to this. Do you mind if you use this phone call? Uh, no, absolutely. You would absolutely love it. Uh, you know, just to finish on one thing, yeah. you called me when I'm gardening at my parents up the road to get my only source of income for the week and that's exactly when I listened to your podcast and I just finished listening to the last two episodes and it's the most bizarre thing to get a f- phone call from you and it's oh. absolutely <laughs> me. I can't tell you really that is that that must be quite a surreal moment anyway <laughs> I'm, I'm glad the gardening went well and um <laughs> we'll have a good Christmas and I'll, I'll promise I won't keep ringing you no thanks so much no worries, bye bye, bye. bye. That was nice, wasn't it? That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, very nice. You know, maybe we should, uh, if people do leave their details, we might get in touch with them. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. If you do leave your number, we may ring you on the podcast. That could be a new feature. Yeah, we'll just just... ring you, see if you've been listening to the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the the new game. Um, That was lovely. Um, I feel, um, do you know what, though? Maybe that's a a change of the times. More people like Tom Allen in South East London being, you know, open about being different. We've got Hugo's round here now, Josh. Exactly, mate. I remember when I met my first Rupert. Do you? Yeah, my in my sister in law so went out of a bloke called Rupert, and I was just in the pub looking at him, going, they're, they're, I, "I found one." It's a bit like imagine, you know, like when people discovered pyramids. And how posh was he? He was quite posh. He weren't proper posh, but I just everyone around is called like Gary, Steve, John, Danny, Danny, our well, agent, right? Our manager, well, my agent. Yeah. He's from Bermondsey, South East London. Do you know how many Dannys he knows? No. Eighteen. <laughs> it's, that's insane, isn't it? <laughs> And all Dannys, no Daniels. <laughs> I, I have got something I should tell you, Rob. I've got something exciting to tell you. Yep. I am recording this in tracksuit trousers. Whoa! My man's getting comfy. What you got? What you gone for? Talk me through it. So, do you know what? I had had some tracksuit trousers that I found at the back of a drawer. Oh. I'm going to say it. They're too warm. <laughs> Your body temperature is insane, My Josh. body temperature is off the scale. What kind of are they? Are they really thick ones? What, what mate? I've sent you a picture. They are thick. They are, yeah, I like them. That looks very comfy. But what I'd say is that's very fleecy. If Nike do like running jogging bottoms, right, yeah. which are really thin and really soft, start wearing silk, and they are delicious. And also I'd recommend a zip pocket. So stuff can stay in them so they don't oh, fall yeah. out. You don't lose your phone down the back of a sofa and you will not be too warm. That's a great entry-level track pants. But it, it, it's, it's the fact, because they're sealed at the bottom and at the top. <laughs> sealed? Well, like, yeah, because they're sealed around the ankle, aren't they? And sealed around the waist. Yeah, like elasticated, you mean? Yeah. There's just, there's no airflow, Rob. I, I, I get what you're saying, but you've that is one of the thickest jogging monsters I've ever seen. I, it, it looks like you're wearing a hoodie on your legs. Too much. <laughs> 
I couldn't go running in these. No, no, but yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're too heavy. They're too, you look like Rocky in like, these big, <laughs> thick tracksuits. But you need get get yourself like a a really thin, lightweight one, and you'll really start enjoying them because you'll be so comfy indoors, Josh. Um, but I'm just great. Oh, you start, I'm just so I'm so happy you started this journey. Yeah, I would be, but I've never had just legs sweating before. But uh, Josh, I'm going to buy you a tracksuit for Christmas presents. Oh, so I think we should do Christmas not a full tracksuit. I'm going to buy a full tracksuit. I'm going shopping next week for everyone's Christmas presents because I like to go yeah. out. I'm old school. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pop that down on my little Christmas list. Oh, thank you very much. Thank um, you very much. Josh, can I tell you um, a story before we introduce our guest? Yes. So I've been working quite a lot, and I think that was sort of evident in our one of our episodes. We just spoke about the central heating rather than our yes. children um, because we've been working loads. Anyway, I've had a few days off because um, that, that filming work has finished. Yeah. Um, a new show, new quiz show on ITV coming out in the new year. You can watch from 9th of December with Paul Sinha and Faye Ripley. I was um, on one episode and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good fun, wasn't it? It was like a proper it quiz, was wasn't it? More than like Showed a, my knowledge of gladiators. Yeah, you, sm- you smashed it, to be fair, Josh. Um, so that's coming out. So I've been working loads, but Lou went to me. I got I had Friday off and then Lou said, oh, can I can I um, go out for the day? And you have the kids, you've got the day off. And I, could, I only sort of could tell her the day before because of filming change. And I texted her in the afternoon and went, yeah, you can. She went, great, I'm going to go out and meet my friends for a brunch. Like, as you can meet friends outdoors in tier two, right? So they're going to book a little place for some outdoors heated brunch. And then they were going to go out for the day shopping and having some drinks outside, okay? So I went, yeah, sure, brunch, not a problem. And she went, okay, cool. Anyway, we woke up in the morning. She went, you need to get up and help me. And I was like, well, I thought you were taking the kids to school. And then I was having a line because I finished work late. And then I was going to pick them up because you'll be out at brunch. She went, no, I've got to get my train. I went, what do you mean you've got to get your train? What, before the school drop-off? She went, yeah, this is how much she must have been stressed and fed up with the kids. Her brunch was booked for 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Her train was 8.15. That is not brunch, is it? No, that's before I had breakfast. Even if you met someone for breakfast, that would be a bit of an early meeting. If you had yeah. a breakfast meeting, you're about half nine, ten, isn't it? Was it a boozy brunch? No, she did. She, she was sober when she came home, but she was she came home at six. She done a full. She came home at six from brunch. She done, done a full like Dolly Parton, like a full day at work, nine to five. <laughs> but yeah, that made me laugh. At like her first day off, she booked breakfast at nine a.m. And then went out shopping. It was funny. She deserved it, though. She'd been with yeah. them all week because I was working. So I can only dream of a 9am brunch at the moment, Rob. Uh, who have we got today, Rob? Today, we have got Robbie Williams and Ada Field Williams. Um, it's a great interview. Uh, they split their time, I think, between LA and London. Yeah, great chat, wasn't it? Would you, uh, would you ever want to split your time between LA and London? It depends on how much money I had. I think if you've got so much money, you don't even notice that you split your time. But I do want to be in a position where me and Lou have to sit down and go, look, Lou, we haven't got enough money for the central eating for the LA place this month. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It needs to be, you've got so much money, it doesn't matter. I've I've got some good news about that, Rob. What's that? Your central heating situation in Los Angeles is... More or less non-existent due to the weather. Because I know you like your house to be at least 400 degrees at all time. <laughs> Let's not get bogged down by central heating. We've already been ridiculed online for not having some sort of nest hive system. Oh, which yeah, I don't come understand. on. I'm not putting a computer on my radiator, mate. Everyone's, too much. I can't keep up. I don't want to control my radiator from my iPad. It's just, I don't, there's some things that you shouldn't be able to do that easy. 
Exactly. I like to have some rooms too hot, some rooms too cold, and not have the option to re- adjust it down. That yeah. is how I live, and that's yes. how I will always live. And you want to buy an extra electric radio that you plug in that sometimes goes on, sometimes goes off, right? That is a much better system for us, isn't it, Josh? It's much it's much more simple. Sometimes it's too hot in the middle of January, and I just open my window to cool the house down and leave the radiator on because I don't know how to turn it down a little bit. <laughs> And also, when we moved in, we seemed to have underfloor heating in the kitchen. I haven't felt it in months, but I I don't need to look into that. Yeah, sure. I paid that money for underfloor heating and the floor's cold, but I'll just leave it and just go. Just leave it and see how it goes. I'm sure it'll warm up again at some point. It'll fix itself. Don't worry exactly. about it. Exactly. It'll recover. I've got, in the garden, I've got these little um, these little lights, like little solar light things that you like take the solar in the day and then they light up bits of your garden in the evening. And they were going like dimming and they weren't very bright. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to like phone someone or I'm going to have to sort of buy new ones or fix them or take it apart, right? And then I was like, oh God, can't bother to do that. It's been on my to-do list for like since the summer. Anyway, I walked past one the other day and there was just moss growing inside it. I unscrewed the top, just shook the moss out and it works perfectly now. (laughs) (laughs) Six months, they've not worked. (laughs) Idiot. Well, let's see whether our lives reflect those of Robbie Williams and Ada Field Williams. Here they are. Hi, lads. Hi, darling. Hi, my love. I like the uh, French headboard you've got right behind you. Where yeah, I'm, I'm. We're renting. I'm renting a house at the moment to do um, all the promo in. Don't worry, babe. I've got all the four kids covered over here. I got it. Oh, fuck off! We've <laughs> been doing that for the last two weeks, three weeks. Because I've been I... alone with the four kids for three weeks. No, I get it. I totally get it. I've just. I don't think you do. You've got a friend board and you're getting up at 12 30 i don't think you do babe i got up this morning to do breakfast shows on the radio it's all right you can capture all of this domestic for your podcast yeah i mean this is great for the the podcast we should really explain what's going on here we should do you want to explain the situation rob yeah for our so listeners? we have got a well it's our first like married couple on the show together and it feels like we've intercepted your own sort of Zoom catch-up. Yeah, we should say you're apart. Yeah, you're in separate locations. The Ida's, Ida's comedy trope for the last three weeks, while well, I've actually been doing stuff like work, is that you're, ooh, traipsing across being a pop star, and, like, I'm looking after the four children, and that's been the... the it, it's actually a bit of it's comedic, but a lot of it's not. And the result is, uh, I just go, I'm, I'm putting food on the table. First of all, the majority of it is comedic. There's a grain of it like, yeah, I am looking after the kids. But let's be honest, every time I've called you, you are playing in your golf simulator at the manor. <laughs> I, you have rented a manor with a golf simulator. You're putting in six hours of golf work a day. <laughs> so I apologize yes. if I haven't taken too seriously the hard earnest work that you are doing right now, but there is no golf simulator where I am. I have, my simulator is screaming children. That's my simulator. Has this been the most disjointed start to a podcast yet? No, but I think no, it's a fair representation. I think it's a fair representation of sort of what's going on because you're both in separate places. I just yeah. got all the kids. So how, can you remind us how many children have you got? 800. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember their names. I don't even remember. <laughs> you know, it's funny, in court, we have four kids. But in quarantine, I don't know if you've experienced this, but 
I, I feel like the amount of kids that we have like quadruple because I never, I never realized how many kids we had till we were at home with them all day long and schooling them. Yeah, it, yes. Like, it was all of a sudden like, what is that? Is it the matrix when, when, when what's his name multiplies over and over, like the second one got, got oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They all became multiple beings because like each scream was four screams, you know, like trying to get a five-year-old and a, and a six-year-old to zoom at the same time for other applications was quite challenging. Plus like you're feeding the baby, the other one's shitting somewhere. I mean, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot. By the other one, she meant me. <laughs> that was rough, but I do tell him for the most part to clean up his own mess. And how, how old are your kids? Uh... <laughs> eight, eight, six, two, and, and nine, ten months. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. That is full on. And where, where are you at the moment then, Robbie? You're in separate locations. Ida's in Switzerland. Where are you? I'm in Oxfordshire. Oh, uh, nice. I've come over to do a promo for my album, Christmas Present. And if I didn't do that, none of these children would eat. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that we're helping you out with the food, Rob. Have, we, have yeah. we noted that Robin's doing this interview from bed and he's just woken up and it's like 1 p.m.? I'd like to put some framework around yes, this. Yes, I can confirm that he's still lying in bed topless. I yep. assumed he was in LA and you'd got up really early for this, but no, it is midday. It's Oxfordshire. So how <laughs> does this stop? I, I wouldn't be able to get away with this. So how how you how are you managing to do this, Robbie, and not get in trouble with Ida? I, I got up really early this morning. I did lots of radio shows, breakfast shows, to launch my single. Yeah. And then because that was so tiring, I've just had a power nap. And now I get up and I do this and then I've got other things to do until nine o'clock this evening. So oh. stick it up, you're American arts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will I will I will shove that mild accomplishment up my ass, but I would like to take you to the crowd. What time, Robbie Williams, would you say and be honest, be truly, truly honest, because we are all a witness. What time would you say that you normally get up in the morning? I'd say I've been really good just recently. But since you've known me, which is 15 years, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Midday. There yeah. you go. Are you a student? Listen, I suffer with a undiagnosed <laughs> disorder <laughs> called robabism, robism. <laughs> and um, listen, it's, I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly but surely. But I, I've had... One minute at a time. So when you say you've been really good recently, what's really good? Um, half past nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you're, not, you're, not, you're not agreeing with that, Ida? No? No, I'm not. At, at what point have you gotten it but half past nine? I've got, I've got a fit golf in, babe. <laughs> babe, you make your golf appointments for noon. You don't get up to the golf course at night. You do not get up at nine. Babe, for the last two and a half weeks, I've been getting up at nine o'clock to, to do some serious promo <laughs> and then golf in the golf simulator. Yes. I think people will feel, I mean, I'll take it, I'll take it to the group, but it is, it does sound trying to be a pop star, doesn't it? It sounds difficult. It's difficult for me and Rob, obviously, because we've got fake jobs as well. Yeah. What time do you guys get up for, with your fake jobs and your fake jobs? I got up at 6.30 this morning. Wow. Yeah. I get up about seven every day with the kids. You see them in the morning. You see them in the morning. Yes. yes. I, I walk mine to school. That's kind of you. Yeah. I pick mine, I pick mine up. I can't do the pickup, so I, I do the morning. 
That's what I do. I can't do the morning, so I do the pickup. There we go, Rob. We should have a child together. We'd be a perfect yeah, couple. Yeah. But what, what time do your kids normally wake up then, Ida? Uh, they wake up at about 7.30. Oh, that's not too bad. Oh, that's not good, bad. They're good it? sleepers. They're good sleepers. They're very yeah. good sleepers. They get that from the dad. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't. I've got a question about this power nap you've had, Robbie, where I would, uh, if I have a power nap, that's normally, you know, fully clothed on the sofa. You, you are basically naked at the moment. I, I've never stripped to nothing to have a power nap before. That's just going to bed, isn't it? I did all of the interviews this morning for the radio people. Um, some of them were were actual Zoom in the studio. I did all of them like this because I'm an eccentric pop star. <laughs> <laughs> you did not do the radio interviews like that, did you, Ben? Did you really do a topless in bed? Yeah. Wow. Strong show. You you married an eccentric pop star. You know about me. Do you think that if you just keep re- repeating eccentric pop star, that will just bypass it and we'll just go, oh, it's just an eccentric pop star? Okay, let me ask you this, Ada Williams. Am I an eccentric pop star? You are an eccentric pop star. Okay, thank you. But how long could that last? Will you be like an old people's home when you're 90 and you just shit yourself and they go, oh, he's shit himself. Go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old. I'm just an eccentric pop star. <laughs> Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, what's your home life routine? What time do you guys, okay, you get up at 7 or 6.30 in the morning. How many kids do you each have? I've got one, Rob's got two. So I'll get up at 6.30. To be fair, I don't, I don't, I've only been getting up early because there's no live shows. When I've been touring and I come in late, then I'll sleep in to about 9 or 10. Thank you. Now 9 or 10. Simmer down, Stoke. Simmer down. He said <laughs> 9 or 10. That's <laughs> the lion. Thank you. That's the lion. Okay, so you get up with the kids. What does your day look like now that you're in quarantine and you're not on the road? Um, well, for us now, it's the uh, eldest goes to school about 10 past eight, and then the younger one goes to preschool about nine. So we sort of get rid of them, and yeah. then I can do all my Zooms and work. So that's so much easier. During lockdown, it was horrific. What was it like? Where were you guys in lockdown? We were in Los Angeles. How was that? I mean, at least it was sunny. Yeah. <laughs> it was sunny in lockdown. Up. I don't know. Rob was doing lots of drawing. He was doing lots of colouring in. I do colouring in. I like it. Soothing. We're both a couple of eccentric guys. Eccentric comedian. Yeah, I stick a crown up my ass and just draw with that. Is that what you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eccentric, aren't we? Uh, um, what did we do? I mean, we panicked for a little bit. I think we, I mean, we worried about 
toilet paper like everyone else. Obviously, with Rob shitting proclivity, yeah, obviously that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah, there was concern. But no, we just panicked. We didn't know what to do. The kids, you know, like your kids sound like they're small age. Like, yeah, so yeah. How old are yours? Yours preschool and five and three. So just start. Mine's mine's three. We're locked down now because her someone at her nursery got COVID, so she's not allowed to leave the house for fourteen days. Oh. So but she's properly like she's locked in, locked in right now. She's locked in, locked in, and she doesn't know why she's locked in. What are you doing with her then? Because like a three year old doesn't understand. No. We're doing a lot of colouring, but she's she's got beyond the putting up her ass stage, which is a positive. <laughs> That's a plus. Yeah, so she's doing good good with that. We're doing colouring. We put up the tree yesterday, which was like playing our trump card too early. That was a huge error. That's early, man. You got you got how many more days do you have left of this fourteen day situation? Uh, we've got seven left. Shit, I would have left the tree a couple more days, dude. Yeah, well, I think you you weren't there in the pressure cooker atmosphere. We panicked. <laughs> <laughs> A panic tree. I get it. A panic yeah. tree happened. But um, we're just doing cutting out and colouring. And I made banana bread yesterday, but she walked off within five minutes of it starting. So I was just left making banana bread on my own, which was... Yeah, it's a depressive activity, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's banana really bread. No, no one wants that. Can you imagine if, as an adult, you could do stuff like that? <laughs> if you weren't just instantly enjoying something, just like walking off. <laughs> 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 this feels like Robbie's about to leave the interview. That would be an <laughs> Well, the good thing is when you do an interview in bed, there's nowhere else to go, is there? Like, I've had enough of this. And then you just be laying there anyway. Just turn over. Um, so how do you, how do you um, when you're not working, how do you split the sort of parenting then? Does one of you do more things with the kids or, you know? I think we know the answer to this right now. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're, would you say you do all of it, all of the parenting oh, or the majority? No, 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 no. Rob's, when, when, when Rob is awake, He's a very good father. He, uh, we, we do the, we like the school pickups together. We do the school activities together. What, what else, what else do we do together, Boo? Golf, take them to golf, take them to football, <laughs> take them to ballet. You say you take them to football, Rob. Are you, are they Port Vale fans? Are you making no, them? No, no, uh... no, 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 no. Charlie, Charlie goes and plays football with right. his little football friends, you know, so yeah. that's what they do. Charlie's also, which is making me so proud. He's so into his golf. He loves it. And yesterday, the golf pro sent me a video of him putting. Did you see the putting that he was doing, Ide? Didn't send me the video. No, I saw Keith, but I didn't get. I, I didn't get this said video. What is it? Yeah, what? there was like a sixteen-foot putt, and he put it in, and then he got another ball out and put that one in too. Anyway, really proud of him. So, um, yeah, there is. I'm. Who do you reckon's the most strict out of me and you? Oh, I think we're kind of on the same page with strictness. I would say maybe you're more strict than me. Is that because like I've got a sort of like manly demeanor that looks more angry? Yeah, I think you're you've got a you've got a bigger gate, bigger bigger build and gate than I do. So you more. I've got a barrel chest. You've got a barrel chest. The barrel chest of the eccentric pop star. (laughs) (laughs) Autobiography title sorted. I think we're on the same. We're consistent. We like the manners. We're you know like we're consistent with. If we say no and they don't do it, we follow through with the punishment. But I would say maybe you're slightly more strict with me, with the kids, with me. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Freudian. <laughs> I, I think that I kind of relinquish more control of the strictness when it comes to the surreptitious treats. Oh, yeah, you give more treats. I think the kids know to go to you for the treats. But that being said... I don't know when or when not to give the treat because you're in control of treat giving, you see. 
program, like like the treat master. You're the treat master. With with Teddy, I think she's got you wrapped around the finger. And Teddy has a real thing with sugar and dairy. She has like an issue with it. So she really shouldn't have it. So she knows to go to daddy to get like extra treats or like this was one I discovered. Rob decided to give them last year diet Coke. What are your thoughts? I was, I was pretty upset about the diet Coke situation. Hold on. It was Coke zero. Come on. <laughs> ah, sorry. Sorry. More chemicals. My bad. So I, do you guys give your small little children Coke zero? I haven't done that. No, we've not done fizzy. We sort of go fruit shoot or Robinson's, but they haven't asked for it yet. Did they ask? I didn't ask for it either. Hold on. How oh. old? How old are your children? Five and three. Five and three. Okay. So Charlie, at least at least five, if not four, when you gave him Coke Zero. And how many are they on a day now? Have they got into it? Well, if if it was up to Daddy, they would have them daily. They're jonesing for it, like it's spice, and they're in Stoke. <laughs> Uh, how 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 do you feel though? Like because the lifestyle they have is so different to what you guys had growing up. Do you find it difficult to sort of marriage it up when you sort of re- think about what, how you used to live? Not that different up? from Ida's lifestyle growing up. Is <laughs> <laughs> this going back to the fact that I grew up with an ensuite? Are we gonna? Are we Ida's, <laughs> Ida's, Ida's never lived in a ha- in a in a house where she hasn't had her own ensuite in her oh, own. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. That's great. Go, that's, that's good though. That's that's aspirational. That's what you want, isn't it? That is living the dream. Yeah, well, yeah, Rob thinks I basically grew up in Buckingham Palace because I had on <laughs> Did you have an indoor toilet when you were growing up, Robbie? <laughs> um, my grandma didn't until 1985, and wow. then she did. Yeah, yeah, they had to go outside. But having said that, Ida was like poor for Beverly Hills, but in <laughs> Stoke-on-Trent, she would have been like the queen of Stoke-on-Trent. But in yeah. Beverly, yeah, it's all relative. Don't get you know, married she, to Tony Pulis. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, it's all relative. She may have had her own ensuite, mm. but she was uh, bereft of a G-Wagon. Let's just, yeah. let's just put it that way. No, we do think, I do think about that with our kids. You know, how are we going to raise them so that they're mindful, appreciative, grateful, grounded children? Because we could be totally fucking this up. You know, like we're just, yeah. like every parent, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I don't know how you guys grew oh, up. I'm totally fucking it up. Right? Like, how did, I mean, did you have what you have now growing up? No, 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 no I didn't. Right. They've got completely different lives. Do you think like, how do you, how do you do this right? Mm. We yeah. don't really know, do you? Just sort of find out at the end. I think that's the thing. Yeah. That you never really know until about 30. It's like getting your exam results in 18 years. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You're like slapped with a huge therapy bill and some resentment. And you're like, oh, got it wrong. Like, do you have these moments as a parent where I go, there are definitely moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to get brought up later. Like, I definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've got my daughter a scooter and she was uh, for her birthday and she's had a new scooter going to school. And then uh, Lou had got this helmet for it, which didn't really fit and it looked ridiculous and all that. They kept on slipping off and all the schoolmates were there. I was like, this feels like it could be. Everything feels like it could be a horrific memory. And so, you know, that, that they always remember of doing it wrong. But it's just, you just don't really know, really. But like, where you guys seem to be like in the UK, in LA, where are you sort of based? And do they have a base of the same school or do they move around with you guys for work? Well, we kind of, we started them off in school, kind of both in LA and in London. You know, when we were in London for a year, they'd be in school there or six months. And we kind of did that back and forth thing. And then it, it became apparent. It was kind of unfair to them because they kept yanking them out of one and sticking yeah. them in another. And then we were both busy and there was no way, you know, uh, initially I would try and stay with the kids while Rob would go off. 
And then it was, we were both working. So eventually we did have to put them in homeschool mm. and we had them come with us. What was that like? I mean, I think we might've fucked it up. I think, we, <laughs> I don't think. If you, <laughs> Robbie's you nodding. Robbie's nodding just for. Rob's nodding. I don't know that we should be the headmasters of our own school. I'm not sure that that should be bestowed upon us. Team A are now a year behind everybody else. And they yeah, really. Yeah, because I don't think as strict as we are with manners, I don't think we, I think we went kind of more the Montessori path with like, we want them to have yoga and gratitude in the morning. And <laughs> yeah. like, like, it's great that they know how to share and braid leaves. You know, like, I don't think that we exacted the right standards. We weren't clear on, to be fair, I think we should have been doing more homework on what kind of stuff they needed to be doing. So I don't think my kids, our kids, I'll call them our kids. Um, <laughs> I don't think they got used to like homework and things like that. There wasn't like a real... So then all of a sudden I got some tutors in to see how they were. And they're like, unfortunately, your children are like really behind. So, oh, really? So now we've upped it. Now they're back in school. Now they're thriving. But see, Ida's, Ida's in charge of the educational process because genuinely, I don't believe in it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of like the, the person that's the, that cracks the whip and makes sure that they're doing everything and it's all correct. Whereas I left school at 16 with no qualifications whatsoever. And um, I had a great time at school. I had a wonderful time with my friends. And I haven't laughed as much in my life since school, you know. So yeah. that was... It's more of a social experience for you, wouldn't we? Yeah, that's, that's the function that it served me. So I'm kind of like the person behind Ida as she's cracking the whip going, yes, you should... Should you? Do you have to read? Do you have to? It's fine. Babe, do you remember that there was a moment when, because Rob and I come from very different academic backgrounds, and I remember when Rob told me once that he got a D in, did you get a D in English? D in English, yeah. Yeah, and I remember being like horrified that he got a D in English, because I was like a straight A student. And then only recently did I find out that D was his best grade. <laughs> <laughs> That was the, when he said he got a D in English, he wasn't embarrassed. Like I got a D in English. He was going, I got a D in English. <laughs> <laughs> that was the win. Yeah, yeah, That was the win. The thing is though, that, that I, I sort of agree with you in a way uh, with that, Robbie, that like, you know, if as long as you work hard and you're passionate about something, you don't always necessarily need the grades and loads of schooling. But what if your kids wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor? I'd be so like upset. <laughs> I'd be so, so let down. <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely think I would. I genuinely be like, you have so let me down. <laughs> so any of them showing musical or acting ability? Yes. Yes. Teddy no. like sings her way through her homework. She sings through tennis. She just like, she's constantly performing and singing. And she dancing. said the other day in the car, she was like, uh, daddy, I think I want to be a, singer like you when I grow up and we were both like well listen you have to work very hard it's a very tough industry and you know not everybody makes it and she went um have you heard my voice (laughs) (laughs) hi it's Stephen Colbert and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. 
It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What about her kids? Are they, are they, are they artistic? Are they more observational? My daughter is so good at colouring in, that, but I don't want to brag about it because I don't <laughs> think there's any money in it. So... <laughs> Within, she keeps it within the lines. So she within the lines, she's three. That's, well, that's, that's quite amazing. I don't know. I, I totally had that as well, though, when I was growing up, Robbie, that, like, I my parents weren't into the academic thing at all. And, like, obviously I did it, but, like, there was no, like, pressure to get a normal job or a serious job. And I think that's quite kind of freeing to feel like that. I did it all off our own bat. I yeah, mean, I was pressured into it. I was, I, I was very lucky that, I mean, I, I think Rob and I both agree, I don't, I really don't care what grades my kids get. I don't care. You know, there's no pressure for them to be any kind of career path. I just want them to be happy. I want them to feel mm. passionate about it. I, my hard work came from my own neuroses, need to please. And I, I worked really hard. But I think like, I just think for the kids, I want them to have the option of being able to do whatever they want to do so that they're not limited. Like if they can't read, there's a situation. Like they're going to be really <laughs> limited in their career. Yeah. Like I want them to be able, but for us, I think, like if we were to pick which we thought we were doing with homeschool, our curriculum was very, very liberal. It was like, what did we have? You know, we were, we would like study superheroes and we would, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the grind. Obviously it's different yeah. for them because they're in school now and school is a different situation because you have, you know, these very structured classes. But I think we're quite, we're quite liberal at home. There's, we don't pressure our kids to, to achieve anything, do we, babe? Uh, no, we don't. But I, I think that you'll probably will be way more concerned about the kids than I will be. Say, for example, if somebody does get a C, I'll be like, that is amazing. And you'll be like disappointed. So truthfully. I would probably be disappointed, but I would try not to let them know I was disappointed. Exactly. I don't think any mum's ever succeeded at that. <laughs> I think my, for our kids, I think the one thing I really want for them really is just to be able to speak other languages. That's really important to me because they're young and they can soak it up like sponges right now. And I think it's so cool when you can speak other languages. So that would be the only thing I would kind of like maybe m- manipulate in their direction to go like, hey, Check out Spanish or Italian. Maybe, you know? maybe manipulate. There was times in the house when Teddy was like 18 months old that all was spoken in my house was French. And I, <laughs> after, after literally like after three days of not being involved in any conversation, I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. This has got to stop. Oi, oi, oi. Because I just speak several languages. So it's very important to Ida and uh, I get it. They said the best way to do it is to just speak the other language constantly to your kids. So my mother and I, who speak French, would just speak constant French to Teddy to try and get her to hear French. Have you taken them back to Stoke and showed them around where you grew up? Not, not recently. Um, they did come to Port Vale with me last year, but they only came to the ground, really. Uh, but I was with Ida and the kids when they were in pushchairs, and we went to the local park, Tunstall Park. 
And mm. Ida was just sort of like, this is so idyllic. You know, when you said that it was rough, you know, I, I don't under, I don't understand. As the words left her mouth, some young man went up to a yo- another young man on the tennis court, punched him in the face and rode off on his mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it literally was out of a movie because I was like practically spinning around the fields going, this is just so pretty, babe. I don't know why it's rough. And literally just as my eyes cast a glance at the, the little basketball tennis area, these kids just punched this other kid and went off with his shit. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, no. But yeah, we, you know, we, we, we'd like to spend more time with the kids in Stoke because just like, you know, the kids have spent a lot of time in LA. They spent a lot of time in London, but it, you know, the grandparents are there. Yeah. They, they had a sleepover with their nanny, Janny, and they spent yeah, a week but I, I kind of like want them to understand, you know, that that's the Stoke that I want them to see. I want them to be old enough to go, oh, didn't daddy do well (laughs) well done daddy (laughs) where would your kids say they're from though so like if they like met someone on a holiday and said oh where are you guys from would they say London would they say LA would they you know where would home be what do you think babe I I think they'd probably at the moment say that they were from Los Angeles yeah I would agree with that Charlie so what's funny about our kids is Charlie still has an English accent and Teddy has kind of an American accent at this point. So oh, really? they actually speak differently, the two of them. And how do you feel about hearing them speak in an American accent and hearing them speak in it? I would prefer uh, to I, Well, I think that's question-based to me, really, because, um, you know, the question is, is, is basically going, do you hate that, Robbie? That's what the question <laughs> is. <laughs> I tried to reframe it as I was saying it, but you read through me. Like, Yeah, the, the answer the answer is yes, I do, but I try not to look disappointed. Um, no, no, here's the thing. Before you have the kids, you you you, you would want them and it's expect them to have the same accent as you. I understand the question. Uh, and then when Teddy doesn't, it's my daughter and I love her. So her accent is her accent and it's beautiful. And that's, that's yeah. the truth. Are you going to have any more? Or are you stopping at four kids, do you think? I think four is good. I think we're good four. now. I think we're... Do you, know, do you know, you don't know how relieved I am that like at the fourth, I went, that's enough now. Like it was, <laughs> it was like, oh really? Oh really? <laughs> like uh, it's getting crazy, boo. And like... You know, because like after the first, <laughs> I was just like, "We're done, right?" I get the snip, right? We're done. We the thing that you wanted, <laughs> we got it, right? So we can. She was like, and it was quite emotional actually, because you know, you obviously wanted more, and then there was like arguments about whether we were going to have any more, and then there was like this one time we were in a car and there was a lady pushing a pushchair across the like zebra crossing, and in my head I thought. If we don't have any more, every time Ida sees that pushchair, it's going to break her heart. So we, we, I relented and was like, okay, let's 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 have more because for a guy for the first couple of years, when well for this guy, let's just say when Teddy arrived, the the birth was just like ecstasy, uh, free ecstasy. The, the universe was giving me it was incredible. And then when we took the baby home, it just poos and shits and cries and, you know, and like, and like it feels like a stranger has arrived to like ruin the party. And then, and then, and then eventually she's old enough to go, 
daddy. And as soon as she does that, oh my God, I'm just like, it was kind of instant, like, okay, let's have as many of these as we can. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then sort of, we got to three. And by the time we got to three, I was like totally in. I was just like, more please, more of these, please. But then, but then when we got to the fourth one and you turned to me and you were just like, and that is enough. I was like, oh, okay. Because we have, we've had, we have, we've at, at one point we had 10 dogs. And 10 was, dogs? 10 dogs. And I was just like, I see where this is going. I see where this is going. <laughs> it's like uh, what, when we were like in the beginning of our relationship, it was kind of like, oh, I'm having an emotion. Let's buy a dog. You know, and it's like, I, I thought that, oh, we're going to do that with children, aren't we? We're going to have an emotion and then have another child. But like when you turned to me and said, that's enough, I was just like, Ooh, yeah, okay, cool. We're done. What's the Christmas like in the Williams household? You describe Christmas, but I'm, I'm obsessed with Christmas. I have like a real... Okay. This yeah, is the well. reason, this is the reason, I'm not pitching my album, but I might as well, seeing as we're on. Oh. You know, this is the reason... That's what, that was what I was segueing into. I thought I was quite subtle about it. Yeah, no, you, you, you did a good job. Okay, <laughs> so Christmas when I was growing up, was great and then sometimes really disappointing when I didn't get what I wanted, you know, like a child. And then I sort of went into the drug years and then like Christmas was just like, instead of two grams of cocaine, I'll buy six. And then all of that was stripped away from me because of the nearly death. And then uh, <laughs> I had to stop. And then you sort of like bereft of all your medicines. So you're just left with a Christmas going, this is shit. Everything about Christmas is telling me that you should be happy in the family. And I feel opposite of that. And then I was nonplussed about Christmas. Then Ida arrived into my life and she is just the spirit of Christmas. When she got her feet under the table, as I like to say, <laughs> and it was just like, oh, I'm, this is cemented. I'm in. I came home one day and... Honestly, I think the house was that illuminated it could be seen by the space station. <laughs> uh, and then from then on in, she has been the most incredible memory maker. And it is now both of ours most favorite time of the year. I am a, a Christmas convert. And every Boxing Day without fail, we turn to each other and go, that was the best Christmas ever. And now that the children are here, it's even it's even more special because we can do, you know, the grown-up lying to them about all the, you know, all the Santa stuff and the elf on a shelf, which is a, sort of like has a, a dual thing to it because I don't know about you, but when I found out Santa wasn't real, I was very, very confused and very, very depressed. Does anybody else, yeah. Did anybody else? I don't that? remember finding out that he wasn't real. I, I don't I remember it being a moment in my life. I don't know why it, it just kind of happened for me. I don't know about you, Rob. I think it was my mum coming downstairs with a present saying, get out of the way, I've got to put these out, and you're still awake and I want to go to bed. So it was quite a <laughs> short, sharp shock. <laughs> wow. Well, what, about, what about you, Ike? Oh, my God, I was devastated. I was fucking devastated. You know, it's like those things where you hear the rumours at school, like, those kids that are like, you heard there's no such thing as Santa. And you're like, shut up, there is. And then you can like really like, you know, like that like little rumor swirling around your head, but you're like, no, there is a Santa. And like what happened for us was that we went away, we were going away for Christmas one year 
And so we opened our Christmas presents before we went away because we weren't going to bring them with us. And then when I got back from said holiday, I was like, I can't wait to see what Santa left me. And fucking Santa left me fucking nothing. <laughs> it was my parents and they forgot to leave something. And that was how I figured it out. And I just remember, because I've always been so obsessed with Christmas, it was like my world crumbled. It was like, it was like the deity that I believed in was now gone. Oh, and I was yeah. in a really empty feeling. And I have to say, it's so amazing having kids and getting to relive that fantasy with them and create that magic for them, knowing yeah. how much it, and watching them and seeing how much it means to them. You know, I, I, it's like, I see with Teddy, she's eight. And I think, oh my God, I think we have maybe like one more year of, you know, of, of this magic. And I, that's why I think I go so OTT with the elves. I get into it and I make the ginger, but I really want to like, you know, it's like as a kid, there's all that magic. It's like, that's all like all the magic you get in life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like that, that ball just dwindles. Cause then there's like obligation and frustration and, jobs and pressures and you're like using your like you're like your 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 quantity of magic that you have to like sprinkle in your life to plug the holes and it's like i just want them to have like like this magic sense inside for christmas that stays with them and I, you know i just think i feel so lucky that i love christmas and that yeah. are you worried about them finding out santa isn't real how yeah. are you gonna yes i'm like i'm to the point where i feel like giving interviews to all the children around them going do you believe in santa what would, you, what would you say to my Teddy if you heard otherwise? You, like, honestly, I'm that person that wants to like helicopter every child around that like only those that believe are allowed to be around my children. Just, <laughs> just, just, just another, another Christmas memory. We used to live on a gated community in Los Angeles where there was uh, probably a hundred other houses. And um, we actually walked around the community one Christmas looking to see who'd beaten us genuinely <laughs> like it was a competition and you can read and i'm telling you you'll remember which house it is oh yeah yeah it was the house down on the bottom on the right you go right and then you go left and you go those bastards yeah <laughs> what did they do i think we came in at number three babe i don't even think we got number two no we, we got we got number two podium, but, but here's a name drop with sort of like um, okay, so Slash lived right across the road from us, yeah. and and we just we completely battered Slash at Christmas, <laughs> right? Yeah. But Slash isn't bothered about Christmas. Slash is, of course, bothered about Halloween. Of course, yeah, yeah. And his Christmas is Halloween, and he went massive at Halloween. <laughs> we looked like proper losers on Halloween. We were trash, man. We had like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're willing to concede Halloween for a big Christmas win. So let me just let me just run you through the list of people we beat at Christmas. <laughs> yes, please. Right? Okay, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Oh wow, he did well. I don't know, Brian. Brian did good. Brian did very well. He had all those little candy canes in the front. We with still the beat him. We still beat him. <laughs> okay, Tom Jones. Yeah, we kicked oh. his ass. We kicked yeah. his ass. Charlie yeah. Sheen. He kicked his ass too. Uh, uh, Paris Hilton. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Shaquille O'Neal beat him at Christmas. <laughs> you beat Shaq. No way. Beat Shaq. Yeah, beat Shaq at beat Shaq at Christmas, and we beat Christina Aguilera. So. Uh, oh wow. wow! Well, congratulations. So, who was? Do you know the per, Do you know who the person was that that beat you, or was that a nameless person? I, I think it was a nameless person. One day, Paddy McGuinness came over, and I took him around the houses, right. And I, he had his camera out, and it, and I just made up names of people that lived there, right? <laughs> for about, honestly, honestly, for about half an hour, 
And I said, as soon as Bill Clinton was out of office, that was the house that he stayed at. This is originally <laughs> Dean Martin's house, right? And all of these houses that I was pointing out, like Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, these houses were built in 1999. <laughs> and like at the end of it, and I went, and I made all of that up. <laughs> He was propagated. He was propagated. Um, we've got one last uh, question we always like to ask our guests, which is um, normally we ask them when they're on here on their own, not with the other half. But is the question is, is there something that your partner does parenting wise that annoys you and frustrates you that you've never said because it may cause an argument? But if they were to listen to the podcast and they could pick up, it's a little thing that just sort of frustrates you a little bit. You know, it's good. It's like if we end with this, that Rob and I can actually get into a domestic after the podcast ends. <laughs> yeah, or, or we can just keep recording Feel free it to re you... leave it running. Leave it running. <laughs> I'm trying to think about, I mean, the, I would say the Coke Zero thing. The Coke yeah. Zero thing, because I'm fully against it, is a, one of the bigger thorns, I would say. It's, there, there aren't many thorns. I'm going to say Diet Coke, Coke Zero. Was that the first time that they'd had fizzy drinks then? Yes, yes. And they hadn't asked for it. They hadn't asked for it. And was you consulted? No, I was not consulted. It was given, I came back to the table and all of a sudden my kids were freebasing Coke Zero. <laughs> and they hadn't asked for it and you weren't consulted. A, no, no, the, the, the drug dealer gave them their first line for free. So now, now they like, like chirping birds all the time, Coke Zero. They don't even want regular Coke, they want Coke Zero. Like I can't even get them off the Coke Zero to regular Coke. We're, we're deep in the game, we're deep in. Why did you give it to him, Robbie? Well, I was just having one myself and I was like, oh, go on, just a little bit. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I, I, it wasn't like I gave them their own cup of it. I was just like, oh, let them have a sip of this, see what they think. Oh, okay. And mm. what they thought was, this is the best thing ever. Then you got them some, you, you poured it in their thing. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. I don't want to be like known as like Pablo Escobar of Coke Zero because that wouldn't be true either. It's like they have they have maybe a glass of it at the weekend once a week. And um, the same question to you, Robbie. Is there anything that frustrates you the way um, I had a parents? But um, um, from a man that's laying topless in bed at midday, I don't know if you've got much to... Like a stand on. No, here's the thing. It's like with our relationship, because we're so therapised, uh, Ida's been in therapy out the womb, Straight, straight to a white office. How did you feel about the uh, vaginal canal? Uh, and you know, so uh, and, and I've had to do loads of tons of work on myself too. So if absolutely anything crops up, it's talked about, dissected, and sorted out straight away in our relationship. So there's there's no secret. Oh, I wish she'd do this. Yeah, uh, yeah. because it's talked about. Uh, the only thing that is sort of like mildly concerning for me. <laughs> But also, at the same time, I'm sort of like, it's best left in her capable hands. It's just the educational process, because I know I am going to be, and I am, more laissez-faire about results. I, you know, like the other day, Teddy got 10 out of 10. She gets 10 out of 10 for stuff. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Because, like, I'm like, you know, if she got two out of ten, I'd be like, yeah, she's an X-Man. Do you know what I mean? She's <laughs> like, she's, she's going to be shit at this, but whatever she's good at, she's going to be incredible. You know? So, like, when she comes home with ten out of ten, of course, I'm incredibly proud. But um, it is going to be the case when she or they 
decide that they want to be a doctor, I'm not going to know what to do with that. I'm genuinely, genuinely, I know we joked about it at the beginning, but like where other households will only want their children to be like doctors or, or lawyers or whatever, this household and me, I'd be upset if they didn't enter the entertainment industry <laughs> in some sort of capacity. I love that they will disappoint you with a, with a profession, with a medical yeah. or a... Or a law. I had such high hopes for you. (laughs) At the end of the day, I don't think any of them are going to be in any kind of like regular job because Mm. because of the eccentric pop star who's their (laughs) father. I just think our kids are going to be creative little souls. Now, I don't think they're all going to be singers or actresses, but I think they'll. I think they're. Rob will maybe notice or not notice. I will be there to wake them up. It'll be fine. We'll we'll get there in the end. but yeah, do you guys have hopes of like what your kids are going to be or do you not care? No, you- I wouldn't want to put the pressure on. Yeah. I would never say to them, I would, do you know what? I would hate for her to be a comic because I just find it too stressful. Just really? Going through the same thing. I would find, wouldn't you, Rob? To be honest, I know it sounds a bit twee and a bit cliche. Like, I used to hate going to school, but she goes into school really happy and she comes out really happy. And I, you know, I'm, I don't really care what she's coming out with or how good her handwriting is. And I do find some parents a bit like, oh, I want her handwriting to be, I don't really, no one's written anything down for years, have they? It's just all typed. <laughs> so like, I'm really, as long as they're, you know, as long as they work hard and they're happy, I know that's, I don't really care what they end up doing. You know, I, I'm really not bothered where some people are. They do want them to, uh, be a lawyer or something like that but I'm just I just don't really care then no. I feel like re- I just genuinely don't care what they do which I think makes you feel like it's quite bad but I don't no, I think I think it's, it's good I mean I'm kind of like you know I'm the same way kind of I, like Rob says oh I want them to be in the entertainment industry I'm kind of like I don't I don't want them to be a lawyer or doctor or, you know I don't want them to be anything other than what they want to be but I just think oh god if she was an actress especially my daughter's like oh, I'd be so upset because it's so much it's so mean it's so much rejection it's so yeah, hard yeah. Like, Oh God, if I could save him from that, I would. But if she, if any of my children wanted to, I would support it. But oh, there would be a part of me that would go, oh, I'm so sorry I have to go through this. Yes, yes. that's how I feel about comedy. When she said, I'm going to the Edinburgh Festival, I'd think, oh, you're going to have a shit month. We all yeah. have a shit <laughs> month up there. I mean, Tiger Woods seems happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Robbie, uh, but you're, I, I heard your single, your Christmas single on Magic FM, which I think is the hallmark of a classic already, if it's being banged yes. out of Magic. Um, uh, do, do, is there anything you want to say about it? What, what prompted to write it? I know you referenced coronavirus and stuff like that. Was you already planning on doing that song or did you sort of... No, I wasn't planning on doing that. And then I was made to by my wife. Ah. ah. Yeah, it was, it was August and... Um, there's a song on the album called Bad Sharon and me and Tyson Fury sing on it, right? Yeah. And yeah. like there's there's Rod Stewart on there, Brian Adams on there, uh, Jamie Cullen, my dad, and uh, a few other people. And uh, the thing that got people's attention was this song. You know, it was the Tyson Fury song. It got the most streams, the most watches on YouTube. And I was just like, oh, well, if I put out the Christmas album this year, I'll just release that. And, uh, and then my wife told me otherwise, because we, <laughs> we were in Italy and she was like, you're going to put out the Christmas album? I said, of course. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to put out Bad Sharon. She said, no, you're not. And I went, well, yeah, I am. And like, it, there's a look that Ida gives me where it's like, I'm not going to win this argument and uh, <laughs> I'll have to relent. She actually wrote part of the lyric 
and gave me the song title and went, now, shoo, go and write that. So um, oh, wow. you're, you're missing a trick if you don't write it about right now and what's happening on the planet. And I was just like, oh, God, okay, let me go do it. <laughs> so I did. As, well, I just felt like as the protector of Christmas and the Christmas spirit, I felt like Christmas is going to take a fucking beating this year. Yeah. If we don't have something to stand behind, because I just thought everyone's feeling sad. We're all separated from our loved ones. This has been a weird, shitty fucking year for all of us. And like, how do we, how do we, how do we overcome this like horrible thing that's happening and still feel like this festive spirit and this joy in our hearts? Because we need that. We really need something to hold on to that feels uplifting. And like, I kind of thought it was that moment in August where it was like, are we going to be locked down for Christmas? Do you think they'll let households merge? Mm. You know, and I just like, I'm 9,000 miles away from my mom. And I can't hug her or touch her, you know? So for mm. me, and she's fighting cancer. It's like, for me, this is like a big issue. And I'm thinking, how do I, for someone who loves Christmas, how do I still feel that joy? And I was like, do you know what? No matter what's going on in the world with this pandemic and, and these restrictions and how far we are from our loved ones, like you can't stop Christmas. Like whatever yeah. it is, we've got, it, it gets to happen no matter what. And I just felt like there was this real moment to be, positive about things and and to let people feel together even if they're apart and and rob kind of looked at it. i think they have like the most impassioned christmas plea <laughs> walking, he's like all right then <laughs> yeah you can't say like no the to end that, of miracle you, on 34th street that it kind was, of space. but it was you know i think it's been a weird i mean it's not i think it's been it's been a weird tough year it's yeah. we're all suffering on different levels you know and it was just like fuck, we gotta, we gotta open the door for Santa and some mistletoe and reindeers and joy because, because otherwise, you know, I don't know. I don't know how we end this year without, we yeah. gotta have some hope. It's gotta be some sort of Christmas miracle vibe. Will you be listening to the song on Christmas Day as you eat, as a family? I'm a uh, fully blown narcissist, so I will have, I'll have Nebworth on on the television <laughs> and I will have my own album on in the background as we eat. Of course, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. I, have, I have to say the beautiful thing about Rob making an, a Christmas album that's amazing is we do actually play all Christmas. I mean, we play other songs too, but we do really enjoy listening to the album for Christmas. Yeah, I'd love to see your like Spotify wrapped, Rob, but it's just your own album. Yeah, you know that. Most, most listened to artist. Oh, it's Robbie Williams again. <laughs> <laughs> your oh, song was um, top of my Spotify wrapped, Rob. It was the Tiger That Came to Tea song. I've listened to that, oh. I reckon. Kids ruin your algorithms. It's all over the place. <laughs> that is now my most listened to song. Um, thank you so much. Thank it's you been so amazing. much, guys. It's been brilliant. Thank you for doing it. Well, thanks for having us. Do you mind? Do you mind, guys? I'm really tired. So <laughs> <laughs> you get you have another hour, Rob. Have a, get, get your head down. A little power nap. Gonna turn over for a little bit. Love you, baby. I love you, Boozy. I love you so much. I, I miss you. I was speaking to Rob. <laughs> See you later, guys. Cheers, Thank you guys. so much. Thank you so much. Cheers. Bye. 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 Ida and Robbie Williams there. Ida oh and Robbie God, Williams. Ida was... Williams and Robbie Williams. How would you say it? Ida Williams plus one, I call them. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> some bloke in the bed. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that was funny. Robbie Williams is still in bed. When was the last time you got up at midday, Rob? Oh, I think I, I think probably, probably due to some illness. <laughs> it wouldn't have just been, you know, when I'm on tour and I'm in hotel rooms, I will lay in bed all day if I will can you? get away with it. Because I will try, but I'll always, obviously, I'm, I'm tight enough that I need to go down for breakfast to get my money's worth. But also, I will always, now naturally my body clock is, I'm worried it's ruined forever. 
you know, like when, um, I don't know, it's just something now I've ruined my body clock because I'm, I'm now never going to sleep beyond 8.30, however hard I try. Well, I now go to bed about half 10, which is too early considering what my job should be. You're not going to believe this. I was in bed last night at 9 p.m. <laughs> right, right, so that, look, this is not good for us because we've got to go back on tour. Just the second half shot starts at nine. So I'm, <laughs> I'm now no good at getting up early and no good at staying up late. No, no. Do you I? know what happened last night? Yeah, I, I, last night, I, we tried to watch a Poirot episode. Gee, how old are you? A hundred. <laughs> but like, it was basically, we put up the tree and I was like, I want to watch something Christmassy. Fair enough. Yeah, let's watch a Poirot. Got <laughs> half an hour in, I was like, I'm going to have to finish this off tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Too much, I can't get through it all. Um, that, um, that was great, though. I, I loved it. They're such a lovely couple. That you know, this brilliant couple. I've got either on eight or ten cats, and I've done raw variety performance with Robbie. I've told the Robbie Williams story, but on our side no. of the stage of it, this is when I was quite new. It was the first time I'd done raw variety, and I died on my ass because it's quite a tough right. gig sometimes. Yeah. with Apollo, and I'm stood there, side of stage, watching Lady Gaga sing, and Robbie Williams is stood next to me, and he goes, "Are you a spender or a saver?" Like, what? Are you a spender or a saver? And I was like, oh, I don't know, really. Like, what about your wife? Is she the spender or is she the saver? It's always one or the other. And I was like, oh, I reckon she's more of a saver and I'm more of a spender. She went, you went, see, ah, I'm the saver and my wife, she's the spender. And I felt like saying, I think we have very different ideas of a spender. <laughs> and also, I think he's the sexiest man I've ever been near. Yeah. He just, yeah. He's, he just oozes sexiness. You know, someone just, you know, like, you know, you know Alan Carr, is, I think, one of the sexiest, I mean, sorry, funniest. You know, Alan Carr's just funny. <laughs> yeah, Alan, yeah. When Alan Carr yeah. walks into a room, even if you're on stage or like off, like just in the green yeah. room at a gig, he walks in and he bursts in. It's like a scene from a sitcom. He's yeah. just hilarious. He Every, should stop bursting in as well. If the door's locked, yeah. the door's locked, Alan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he just, he just, he's everything he does or yeah. he's just funny. And that's the same with Rob Williams with sexy. He just can't yeah. help it. And just laying there with it topless. And Matt, right, he laid there for that whole interview topless and managed to pull it off. If I was laying topless in my bed, someone would ring yeah. the police. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that on Zoom. I'm just an eccentric guy. He didn't guy. just do that for our show. He, he did that. He's on Zoe Ball topless, mate. He's on proper shows. <laughs> He's on Zoe Ball topless. Now that is a Daily Mail headline. <laughs> Uh, that was great. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, we, should, and, we uh, won't rabbit it on because let's be honest, the headline has left. The headliners have left. We're, you oh, left yeah. with us. And also, hello to anyone that saw the headlines in the uh, newspaper and come to this episode from that. Yeah. Do you check know. out the other episodes. If you've got this far, maybe you like the podcast. Oh, it's an absolute banger. You should really stay. You should. You wait till we start getting on to cow tongue chat, just, you know, on our oh, own mate. time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, podcast. if anything, if anything, I'm, I'm going to say it. The guests this week were holding us back slightly, Rob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, we tried our best. <laughs> right. See you next time. Cheers, bye.